You're listening to Rockcast, the podcast by a 13-year-old founder and creator, Arv Rilla. Hi, I'm, I'm Arv, and on today's show, I got a chance to interview Travis Fisher. Travis Fisher is a technical founder who is passionate about the passing economy and the creator economy. In this episode, we had a chance to talk about the creator economy, passive economy, clubhouse, the audio revolt of social media, and we touched we touch on topics as, as products by other makers, like from Ant to Makerspace, hey, to MakerLog, and we talked about how the indie hacker movement is growing and how creators everywhere are making a living. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and yeah, let's get started. That, that works as well. Awesome. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's nice to meet you. Your name's uh, Liam or Araf or? Liam, Araf. Cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, feel free to, to you, you know, I, I guess I'm, on my end, I, 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 see, I see you and, and, and what you're doing. And I, uh, I, I just wanna, want to want to try to help you out. Um, so if it's just by asking me pointed questions or you know, if, if you want any advice, uh, happy to give it. Yeah, sure. Okay, so I was actually wondering if you could talk about the creator economy and what do you think about how the future are for creators and how can creators work toward building products? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, see, creator economy is is booming. Uh, it's, you know, it's it's all about trying to to make it easier for talented people to go independent. Uh, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, traditionally, you, you, you know, you, you graduate high school, go to college, get, get a full-time job, and that's it, right? Like my, my parents, that's, that's pretty much the, the path through life that they did. And <laughs> what you're seeing a lot more of these days is uh, <laughs> people who are able to uh, grow a following most mostly on social media, whether it's YouTube or or TikTok or or any of these platforms, um, and also you know indie hackers and and and, and folks that are more technical, uh, you know, so so growing an audience kind of as as a first step, and then once you have an audience and and you've kind of proven that that you have uh, something unique to say, something genuine to say that these people care about, um, you know, it's it, it, it's it's then a question of of well, if you already love kind of uh, the the type of type of content that you're creating on the side, uh, why wouldn't it, it be a natural it, to, to to go and and do that uh, full time, right? And I think a lot of people <laughs> who are are passionate, ambitious, and who who have like side hobbies, whether that's that's music or writing or uh, creating videos. Uh, or, or, or like myself, coding, like coding on the side, right? There are a lot of people out there who, who have side passions, side projects. And uh, I think what we're, what we're seeing, excuse me, uh, as a trend is a, a lot of platforms springing up, making it easier for, for these types of folks to, uh, to monetize their, their work and, uh, engage with their audience more, more directly. Um, so, you know, a, 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 an example here would be uh, someone like, like Mr. Beast or, uh, you know, other really popular YouTubers. Um, you know, so they, they start off kind of creating a bunch of content on, on YouTube. Uh, most of them are, are doing it just because they love, they love the process. They love creating. 
uh, and you know that that genuine sincerity uh, comes across. And and over time, if you if you are genuine, if you do have something unique to say, you know people will will inevitably start to flock to it. Um, and so, you know, once you, once you build up enough of a following, like Mr. Beast is an extreme case, uh, obviously. Yeah. There, yeah, you know, there, there are, there are a lot of people out there who are, are creating content on YouTube and other, other platforms very similar. And uh, once you, once you have uh, built up a bit of, of uh, authority and um, a, a bit of an audience, uh, you know, it's, it's natural to then, to then ask, well, how, how, how can I make this my, my full-time thing instead of, you know, working for a more traditional company? Uh, and that's, that's kind of in a nutshell, what the creator economy is all about. Yeah. I think it's growing a lot. Like I think myself included, Mr. Beast is like a nice, it, you're right. It's like a far stop, but it, it makes sense. Like I think more and more people are going in, in like indie, like independent. Like I've yeah. been seeing over the pandemic alone, I can see like so many people on indie hackers just building their small products. And I think that's, that's nice. And the traditional path is to work at a full-time job. And that also works. And side passes are amazing. Like myself included, I think a lot of people have been nice inspirations. Like, yeah. uh, have you heard of Sergey Matai, the founder of MakerLog? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's also pretty young, right? Yeah, he's, I think, I think 21. He's a nice inspiration. The MakerLog community is like a, it's like indie hackers. But yeah. like, imagine indie hackers more centralized. It's, that's a nice example of the greater economy. A group of people working or together or like working to co-found something or yep. build a product that they enjoy. Like yeah. I think I'm gonna find an example. Give me. I'm so sorry. Just give me. A oh I no, think, you're you're fine. Yeah. So while while you're 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 looking for uh for your 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 resource, uh, just kind of a couple comments on that. Um, so community is is really important for for creators, uh, and you, you know I think. Indie hackers are, are a great example of one um, type of, of creator. Uh, and, you know, you have really, really uh, passionate uh, developers and designers and people who would, who would consider themselves makers uh, who, <laughs> um, who like to build and, and who are uh, really, really, like, in, in, enraptured by by the the prospect of going independent and uh, not necessarily so so it's it's like a a different mindset from going and being a a startup founder right because startups generally it's like go big or go home and you know you in terms of fundraising and, and in terms of your approach to things uh, they they kind of have to be bigger plays and you know it's, it kind of is is just uh, not the healthiest mindset uh, always. To, to build companies. So, you know, I see indie hackers and uh, kind of uh, sustainable startups and uh, micro SaaS uh, is, a, is a term that I like, uh, all, all kind of aimed at um, providing solutions to uh, these types of- Yeah, sorry, yeah, continue, sorry, my bad. Oh yeah, yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, and I think you're, you're right, it's like go, it's like great, it's like go home, go big, sorry. I can't remember the core, you know. Though I agree with the point that some startups don't go like that. Like for example, I tried before this, I had four really funny, I'm sorry, product ideas. And they yeah. didn't really work out because at that I didn't I went too into it. Like I decided, okay, so I got this idea. And instead of focusing on the MVP or focusing on the product itself, I decided to focus on the features. 
or like planning. So my for my first initial way was a comment that I made. It was called Simple Tab. Basically, it was like this place where you can have all your links in one place, and yeah. you could get to your link. Let's say you want to go to Twitter or or like classroom or yeah, no, just like a button and it goes through there. And the problem with that was that nobody wanted to download a Chrome extension that had yeah. your new page covered. Well, well then, re related related to that though, there, there there is an opportunity there. There are a whole bunch of, of products that are uh, like Linktree, um, Beacons.ai, yeah. Mona. Uh, there are probably hundreds to be honest at, at this point. <laughs> Which isn't a bad thing. It's actually a really good thing of uh, site site builders that are just like, uh, like aggregated. Yeah, like card exactly. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I think I it's 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 it, it is a good thing to uh, like like to start off as. It's just such a universal need for for people to have one place and one website. Uh, and a lot of websites, you know, whether even if it's Squarespace or or something like Webflow. Those are still too complicated for some people, yeah. right? So I would just mention Beacons. Beacons is like the one and the one that's been going a lot the last few days, like mm -hmm. the last few weeks. Yeah. Beacon is doing really well. Like I, they just got their funding. Yeah. I think mean, like on TechCrunch the other day, and that's sort of nice. And then I've been seeing people use it. This is really big TikTok stars. Yeah. I, it's two, it's two dogs. I think you might, you might have heard <laughs> it. They're called Hammy. Oh, I don't know how dogs get famous, I guess. Yeah. I wonder how the, I'm sorry, but I wonder what the people and like people who make videos for their dogs, I wonder how they react and feel about being creating content and then they can have to make a living off their animals. It yeah, just feels it's, so you know so it's like okay, so let's get I have a pet now and let's make a video about it. I think that's how most people started out. Like, okay, let's make a funny video about my pet. Um, so the profile I'm checking right now is called Hammy and Olivia. Yeah. They're two corgis. And they have, there's Corgi, they have 2.3 TikTok followers, million, yep. and almost 60K YouTube subscribers. I mean, that's that's powerful, right? Like, there, you, you don't have to be an individual. You don't have to have uh, a traditional audience in order to succeed with these things. And then you can make money off of, like, mer merchandise, sponsored, personalized videos. That's, and yeah. people do that because... You actually nice. You actually like watching these animals. If yeah. if I had the chance and money, I would buy merchandise. But there's no point to it. Yeah. I think. I think, yeah, I, I, I think uh, the the common thread for for you know a, a lot of these creators is, uh, you know, people the people behind the these corgis or or the the people behind these these brands, whether it's them themselves as a brand, you know, like Mr. Beast, or whether it's like. Uh, less associated with their their uh, real life personality, like it all it, it always starts with uh, scratching an itch and and just doing something because it's fun for you, right? So so I I I refer to that as intrinsic motivation. It's coming from within. So you start you know maybe posting some videos because it's fun, sharing it with friends, whatever. Or if you're an indie hacker, you know you start messing around with uh, with uh, creating some some open source stuff on the side or or uh creating you know an mvp of, of a product idea you have and it starts off very much like intrinsically because you're you're into it and and it's fun and you're learning right um and then over time like once you once you start to kind of build a following uh which really only happens uh, to be clear if you're genuine like if you're if you're approaching it in 
in a genuine, sincere way. Because people people can tell when you're just in it for for the money, right? Like, yeah, uh, I think that one more. It's so annoying to see like like you can tell when people make videos and they're like, okay, hey, before the video ends, make sure to check out my referral link for this or blah yeah. or oh, where do you get giveaway? I think those type of people are sort of successful. Like people still watch them, but then you can you, like whenever you watch them, you remember that oh. They're like this. I think that's what made Mr. V so special. He wanted the YouTuber to just actually care about their audience and community. Oh. And that just makes him feel more, you know, it, it, what do you think of him? You don't think of him as some rich person or some person like a, who doesn't listen. You think of him as, oh, he's energetic. He's kind. He's a philanthropist. You don't, that's the first thing that you think because you don't, but other people like, like Mr. Beast, who try to do the same thing, like Morgs, who literally yeah. caught Mr. Beast. The first thing you think about him is rich, boring, and just not a nice person. And yeah. I think that we're building a brand. You have to show people that, okay, this is this is who I am. This is what I like to do. This is my community, and this is my audience. And I like doing this, but I don't like and I don't like doing that. I think that what matters the most. Because I feel like I've seen, I've made a mistake as well. Like a couple, for a couple months, I was on Twitter. I just didn't, I was like simple. I didn't talk about my community. I didn't talk about my audience. I just tweeted yeah. and I didn't, and that, that did that work. That didn't work as well as going now. Well, I, you're, you're also what, you're 13 or something? <laughs> like, yeah. don't be too hard on yourself. You're doing great. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I think now I've gone a long way in the last two years because when yeah. I, I I think I learned more because I built, I, I, I still don't consider myself to be an expert because I'm an expert or like I don't consider myself to be even like mediocre. I consider myself to be like a student. And I think I've been, I've been trying to go to indie path for a while. And another question I have is on the greater economy is what are the risk and gain about the greater economy? Like, is it a nice idea to gain towards it, risk towards it? What would you like recommend? Uh, so if I understand your, your question, uh, yeah, yeah, I know this is what I was saying yet. So my question is actually, what advice would you give to people who want to start going indie or being a creator, but they're not yet, they're not sure how to start. Like, yeah. how would you start? Yeah. I, uh, that's a, that's a really great question. Um, I think the, the first step is, is really identifying like what, what you're passionate about, what, what you want to spend your time doing. Cause if you're, if you just look for like, Hey, this is how I could maybe make money or this is where opportunity is. There's, there's a little bit of that, that, that you have to just keep in the back of your mind. Um, but the, the best examples of, I think where people find genuine long-term success is when you start from a place of introspection and asking yourself like, what what are you genuinely passionate about? And if you if you uh, follow kind of a, a few a, a few um, playbook tactics uh, in terms of like as you know as you as you uh, explore explore that passion, uh, sharing sharing your progress in public, um, you know meeting other people in related communities and trying to help them and giving them feedback and and asking for feedback like doing it all, all out in public, as long as you're like genuine uh, about what you, what you're, uh, you're, you're into, uh, you know, that over time, you're going to find success. And, and, you know, success can come in a lot of different ways for, 
for different people, it, it looks very different. So, you know, one of the things I would, I would encourage anyone to do, but especially kind of a, a young person uh, like yourself is, is to ask yourself, like, what does, what does success look like for you? Um, I think it seemed like, so people like interested in my product, like, I feel like this isn't to me is like, okay, so people are viewing my website, people are staying on my website. So my stat, I can start a link to my stats. It's much easier to refer like to you, to you when I'm talking about it. Let me just put it in chat. One second. Here we go. Uh, I, I think I've seen the stats and see, okay, where do people are, where are people going from, where they feel, where are they from? And like, is it worth it to like people to continue? Like if so my stats are low, I don't continue with the project. My stats are high. It depends. And I think my stats are doing well, but I don't, I'm not sure like if it's gonna keep on going. So, so, so here's, yeah. Uh, like, first off, I love the fact that, uh, that you are, uh, keep, you, know, you have analytics and you're, you're, you're watching these things. My, my advice for you would be, you know, uh, don't, don't worry about the stats too much. F follow, follow what interests you um, and have, have conversations like what you're having with me, have conversations with other people, you know, in the, uh, that, that, that interest you. I, I think you have a great story. The fact that you're so young and, and, and you're um, motivated and, and working on things and, and lean into that uh, persona a, a little bit. Um, but in terms of actual content and projects, like, uh you have a long time to figure that out for now like just just work on whatever's interesting to you you know like whatever whatever you're excited about um yeah, tell me more about the fashion economy so our listen the people are listening this listening sorry, listening to this episode and reading or reading the article can you tell me what can you tell them and me what is fashion economy and how how is how is satisfied like what is satisfied yeah for sure so uh I'll, I'll kind of touch on Sassify in, 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 a, in a bit, but um, the passion economy is, is really kind of the, the economic reality of the creator economy. Uh, you know, they're, they're very, very closely intertwined. And, and to be honest, for all intents and purposes, you can think of them as synonyms. Uh, but, you know, the, the passion economy is a little more, bit more focused on like, what is, what is the future of work look like? Uh, whereas the, the creator economy is, is a bit more like, uh, how, how can you, um, what is the life cycle for, for this new generation of, of creators and, and people who want to go independent, um, and make that sustainable and, and, and monetize that. And, and usually the overlap there, if you look at that as a Venn diagram, like the overlap is that these, the, the best creators are following their passion and, and then ultimately monetizing their passion. So you know, the, the passion economy stems from uh, this article that, that Lee Jin uh, wrote a, a few years ago, uh, where she really did a good job at, at distinguishing between um, the, the gig, uh, so-called gig economy, uh, and, and what she framed as the passion economy. So I think it's an important distinction um, to touch on, uh, you know, and, and when you think of gig economy and gig type jobs, uh, you think of Uber, like like being an Uber driver, or uh, I think that would pop the thing when you first see a gig. It's like a gig is like okay, a gig is on Fiverr, a freelance job, or like maybe a person you're delivering something to eat. I think that's what people think when they think of the word, you know, gig. Right. Like, yeah. 
Right. And, and then really kind of uh, looking at, at that trend uh, as a whole and thinking about what does that mean for, for these people who are, are taking these jobs. And, and obviously, like, like Uber and Postmates and, and Fiverr, like, like hugely successful companies, right? Like it's, 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 a, it's a big trend for a reason. Um, but the, the one thing that, that sticks out to me is uh, with gig economies, the, the, the workers, the people who are, are kind of uh, fulfilling your orders or, or driving around, whatever it is, like they don't have really much or any leverage, right? They're, they're kind of fundamentally replaceable with a thousand other people who could be doing the same job, which means from like a, a market standpoint, you don't have a lot of leverage to uh, ask for higher wages or uh, better working conditions or, or, or things that, you know, we, we tend to associate with um, fulfilling uh, work and, and where we would like to take the, the future of work. So, and, you know, that, the economy is in like a weird spot right now because there's a, there's a huge demand for them. Like, obviously, I think here in Canada, we have like a huge stay at home order. And I mean, like, that's a huge demand for like online workers. And I yeah. feel like there's, there's lots of demand, but there's no gain and there's no out, like, out to it. Because I feel like they're not being, you know, paid enough. And I, the reason I think that is because I stumbled upon an article and uh, they read on TikTok recently, a couple of days back. And it was about a person. So okay, it, was a door, it was a door dash driver. Yeah. And basically, so he he got an order request for a McDonald's. And it, the, the store was 20 minutes away. And then I think the house was, was also 20 minutes away. And the, he, he was getting paid $3. That's for literally the entire thing. Yeah. And that that's like, so, and they don't even get, so they don't pay for gas. They don't pay for their own car maintenance. This, yeah, yeah. This, this is a good, it's a good example, uh, you know, because because we talk, or, or I, I tend to think, think about things at, at a, high, a, high, a higher level of, you know, market dynamics and like the fact that that these people don't have leverage and, and over time, uh, you know, that, that, that kind of results in prices. Uh, it's a race to the bottom in terms of wages. Um, and also, you know, specifically with Uber, uh, and a lot of these delivery jobs, um, you know, some, sometime in the next five, 10, 20 years, you, you got to expect self-driving cars and AI to, to take a large chunk out of that. So, yeah, um, I, feel like that's, I feel like that's going to be a huge thing. And then people, and then they're going to be all these people who depended on Uber to make like a side living. They're just going to be just left with nothing. And I feel like that's the only problem with that. And well, so I feel like there's a couple there's a couple problems like like certainly the the fact that that these wages are, are tending towards towards zero in the in the long run uh and can be more easily replaced by by uh automation um also even if even if that wasn't a, a you, you know the case these jobs aren't super fulfilling or, or or at least most people have a tough time like thinking about them as as really fulfilling work Right, because if if you know in your heart that like anyone else could be doing that job, like you you know you're not you're not able to really uh, use your uniqueness and your skills to, to the fullest, and that, that's kind of like a soul. Yeah, training. I feel like I feel like there could be more ways, like Uber and all these things can make these more fulfilling. Like maybe you can add for people. Maybe you can, I'm I'm sorry, I've been never, I'm forgetting what to say. You're fine. Uh, 
So I feel like what they can do is like they can let people do more things. Like, hey, so they can let people drive their own course and like pick their time. Ideally, they pick your time. Like, where do you want to order? And I feel like just have a have like the money that the object, sorry the author gets to be yeah. great. Like the door that story, I I sorry the door that story I mentioned before, getting three dollars for a job that that's big, like at least forty minutes, and the and that and, the, and then you're getting nothing. It doesn't make sense. Like they're working and in an opportunity and they're working in while the wire is going around in the pandemic and all they're getting as their reward is like it reminds me of like it reminds me of like a low wage job they're literally getting low they're not, they're not even getting proper wage and that just that just feels like a bit bad about that section well- it's you're you're totally right um and to be clear there 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 are trade-offs there like for for some people that that is is like it's really a a plus for them and and without that that extra extra income um you know they wouldn't be able to uh pay for their their kids to go to school or, or or any number of of really human you know like like actual uh things right and i think that the initial like reason why why gig type jobs are really appealing to people is this this promise of like be your own boss only work on your own time and that's that's really appealing uh and i think that that when you you look at kind of the other side of this this picture of the creator uh creator economy it's it's really uh much of the same promise just going about it in a way that's a little uh a, a little more um sustainable and yeah. uh that- in fulfilling yeah so i want i think that's an, that's more nothing that makes sense for the economy if you if you, if, if you don't mind if you, sorry if you don't mind is it fine to move on another topic yeah yeah that's fine all right perfect um so what do you, so now we see more and more websites and audio like clubhouse elon musk mr b all in clubhouse what do you, i i was reading a post on your, on your blog yeah about yeah. the sort of art revolution what are your thoughts on that like do you think Clubhouse has a point to gain? If I can get my own opinion on a topic, I feel like all of these audio-based conversations are just, they don't make sense. Because at the end of the day, there's lots of other ways you talk to someone, like a normal call, they could do a, like the one with the platform we're using right now, Zoom. You could do a meeting through Google Meet and talk to people. I don't, I could, I'm probably, I could be wrong. Maybe I don't know more about it, but I just don't feel like Clubhouse is like worth all the hype that it's getting. Sure, sure, and I can I can totally see see where you're coming from. Um, let me let me just uh, uh, set the stage for for how I view this space, and then uh, happy to to kind of talk through because it's you know there's there's no one right answer here. So uh, you know I think that the first point to 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 keep in mind is like Clubhouse, Twitter Spaces. Uh, Mark Cuban recently announced an app called Fireside. Facebook is has is going to have their own entrant into the space. Um, there's a ton of smaller, uh, uh, newer entrants like Capiche uh, and Quilt. Um, this is this is a, a a trend. This is a, a lot much larger than just Clubhouse. And you know I would frame it as social audio. Uh, so what is what is social audio? Right. It's it's basically what we're doing right now. But instead of it just being you and I recording recording this audio, uh, you know, we could have a live audience, and and if someone was 
I, I was like, oh shit, like like the, the, the dude who who uh, who actually works at Clubhouse is is in our audience. I, I would totally ask him to come up and answer this question because he could probably answer it much better than I could. So there's a, an element of, of the uh, participation um, to it that I think is important. Um, you know, one, one fact to, to, to point out uh, that I find really interesting is if you look at, at the Chinese market, um, there are around 500 million million uh, monthly active users of social audio apps. And 500, mil okay, wow, 500 million, that's more than the <laughs> population of the entire United States. Okay, and Canada, so combined. <laughs> combined right yeah. so, so think about that and there's a there's a reason that it's that it's caught on and uh there there, there is something here uh that that really enables um people to uh have conversations at scale in in a way that is really really easy to produce because you know i'm, I'm talking to you right now uh in, in this kind of more podcast style pre-recorded uh but but there's a, I mean, a, a great anecdote. The other day, Steve Ballmer, um, you know, was uh, hosted a clubhouse room, and you know, he's one of the the most successful uh, people in the world. And at the end of the the, the hour long call, he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm I've been in a hot tub this entire time, right?" So it's it's so easy to like participate. You don't need to like prep ahead of time, you know, like if you're doing a video or something, and and really uh, care about. Uh, what you're doing, you know, how the house looks, um, how your hair looks or whatever. You, you can do it yeah, on the I fly. Think, it's really easy, you know? I think that actually, if you think about it, that makes more sense. Like, I think there's a lot, I think more and more people are supposed to be called mobile experiences. And that feels bad for people like me who are really nice and experienced in making web products. Yeah. And then, and then the whole, band, it's like a bandwagon, right? So um, let's talk about like mobile apps. Like, for example, Anchor. The portability of Anchor it has made so many more pockets easier. Like for example, this own podcast is actually hosted on Anchor, which makes it, with I think Anchor it makes it more easier like to launch podcasts. And then there's places there website like have you heard of Stackbit? Uh, have I heard of what? Stackbit. No. Okay, so Stack. I'll, I think I'll share the link because I think it's much easier for them to read the bio they have. Sure. So it's basically. It's, jam it's, it's one of the big, it's like a, so it's like, imagine Webly and Vix and Squarespace, yeah, like a code editor that works on top of your code and it would code it inside for free, but it's built on Jamstack. I got you, yep. I think, I, yeah, I've, I, I, I saw this. It's, I mean, this is an indie hacker product, right? Yeah, and I think it's like, it reminds, and I actually found out that, that Cloudflare is starting their own Jamstack hosting platform yep. later this year. And I think Jamstack is also one of the things that are like really starting to go. Like Jamstack is the one of the easiest ways to start a website. Like Gatsby, React. It make I think more, I think that's the best thing. Like you don't need to know how to code anymore to make businesses. Yep. I think and I think that brings more people into the audience. Yeah. So so I think you you know you you're, you're bringing up a great point. Uh, and like the the whole no code space. Uh, with with website builders and app builders, um, you know it's it's it, it is definitely going to introduce uh, a whole whole host of, of of new people who otherwise would have been uh, very restricted by by needing developers to to go out and, and create things. And you know there, there will don't get me wrong, there will always be a need for uh, developers who who. 
uh, under the hood, kind of understand uh, the, the areas of complexity, um, understand how to scale things. Um, but I, I think what we're, we're seeing is, is honestly very, the very early days of, of a no-code future. Um, yeah, you know, and then and it's also there's... about, yeah, sorry, I'm so sorry for interrupting. Oh, you're fine, you're fine. I think there's a lot of them, like I've seen no-code are going to a nice point, and I think there are a lot of products in the no-code space that are just like revenue and like there's bubble, yep. there's maker, what's that, I forgot the name. So here's 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 one of my favorites. Uh, they're not they're not launched yet, but uh, it's called StoryScript, and uh, these guys are are basically just leapfrogging the competition. Um, you know the the, the idea is uh, instead of using something like Zapier or uh, any one of you know a hundred different workflow automation systems, um, they are. Uh, they allow you to create the same types of, of workflows and, and, and logic, but it's just, it, it's, it's using what they call a conversational UI. So you, you, you go and, and you talk to, uh, to, to their, um, you know, one of their, their personas, their, their little uh, AI agents. And you say like, you know, when, when, when this happens, a Google, Google calendar event happens, uh, I want you to, to wait for 10 minutes and then send, send a Slack message to this yeah, channel. I I'm on the website right now and it's yeah. it's it's amazing. Like first of all, I'm saying but the, the, the design is making me feel breathless. Like the design is so the, the designer the designer is amazing. She's a friend of mine. Her name is uh Ada Oz and uh she's in Turkey. She's she's awesome. Um Yeah, and then the cool. design is like basically it's amazing. And the other part is something that read me at the end is the the, yeah. the like the Called the CTA, the call to action. Yeah. All in the story, our missionary democratic software creation utilization, imagine your team with recording powers, and then story script is free to use for teams of any, for teams of any size. Right. And so, I think that's so thing. To be, to be clear, these guys are, are not indie hackers. Uh, these guys are some of the, uh, the best kind of, uh, or the best CEO and, and team and, and funding in the industry. Uh, but I think that indie hackers can learn a lot uh, from from looking at and, and you know kind of the the higher end of the market and people who have uh, the budget to hire world class designers, world class engineers, um, and who have raised funding from uh, you know some of the top top firms. Those are the people who I I, I look to for inspiration in terms of you know how are they doing uh, marketing and and their design and uh you know their positioning and messaging um even though you we, we we may not have like the same set of resources as indie hackers i think it's really important to to almost like like dis distinguishing your mind uh, a little bit between these th these like bigger players uh and and uh, like call them out to to find find points of inspiration that that you can uh mimic and and you know incorporate into your, your own products. Yeah, and I think that would make it special. Like, I really need investors. Founder of Unity, founder of Clearbit, founder VP Engineering Oracle. Yep. And that just showed that, I feel like a lot of indie creators dream is like to be in Y Combinator, like like YC. And I feel like, and that's a far felt thought though. I mean, yes, your, if your product is startup is wonderful enough, I mean, sure, you can go to 
why come did it but it's like that people want indy curtis dream of they want product to be invested in or people to be focused in but that doesn't really happen or over the cage your product mostly becomes bootstrap so the the one thing one thing i'll say to that because it's, it's an important point and this goes back to like being really honest with yourself uh and and spending a lot of time thinking about what is your definition of success uh and and there isn't one right answer that you know for some people building a, a high growth startup and going to YC or, or, or a similar program, you know, that's, that's their, their dream. And, and, and that, that's what makes them tick. Uh, you know, for, for a lot of folks in the, the indie hacker crowd, um, I think focusing on building uh, small, smaller uh, products that are profitable and growing it, you know, over time. Um, that's also, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great approach, but I, if you're if you're not sure which one you know you wanna you you wanna go for, I would say start with the the, the smaller, especially at you know at your age. Like start with the, the smaller products and and gain experience and 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 just launch things. Um, and over time, like the 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 big difference is 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 like how big of a a, a market you know are you are you looking looking to solve and how big of a, a problem are you setting out to solve. So take yeah. take story, story script for example. They are like setting out to create a no code solution for anyone that can speak English, essentially, right? Like like that is yeah. we're talking about billions of, of, of people that could potentially use their product. That is a huge huge market. Um, you know, whereas something like uh, most kind of indie indie uh, hacker like SaaS products are are really focused on solving one pain point and and solving it really well and and so you, you know it's it's there's pros and cons to both approaches and this is something that that you know i've i've struggled with in in terms of as i've matured and and my understanding uh you know of the space and and with satisfy and everything like you you have to it it sounds easy but it's not like you have to be really yeah. clear and articulate with yourself and and i would encourage people to write publicly uh about like what what your motivations are, what your definition of success is, and uh, you know what what you're you're thinking that your path will be to get there. Um, you know, so I, yeah, I'd love to hear hear your answer I, to that. Yeah, I'm actually really nervous hearing that because I feel like you're right. Um, it depends, like, what your level of success is, and like, what is your product about? So, can you repeat the thing you were talked about? Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm no, sorry. you're fine. You're fine. So I think you're right. Like you need to, you, okay, I'm sorry. Okay. So anyways, I want, so, I'll, I'll, Ara, I'll give my, Ara, yes. you're, you're a 13 year old indie hacker and you are extremely impressive. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm in, it, thoroughly enjoying my conversation with you and, and hope that, you know, it's, uh, it, it's been useful. Um, you know, is there anything that 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 you're curious about for yourself in terms of of uh, you know your your development, your your career? Because um, you're young, right? You have you have a lot of options in front of you. Uh, yeah, let's let's focus on you for for a bit. Okay, well, I want to make MakerRocket to a place where not people depend on it yet. I want to have make it make I think make is my first temporary product that's act that 
my, my art. Yeah, I think make it like my first generative product that shows like I want to actually help people. So my goal is I want to build products that help people and I want to make affordable products. When I started out as a creator, like couple, two year, a year ago, the only the, the main problem I had that everything was paid. So many people want to make an income over their products right. and they forget about the initial need that people want to learn. Like, for example, at first I couldn't pay for whip, whip, whip. And then the other thing is that I wanted to build a project and I yeah. wanted to learn uh, uh, how to do react. And I went to so many websites yeah. and their camp were as expensive as five ten dollars. And I'm not, and there's no point of paying that much just to yeah. learn react. And I think, and then I remember finding Scrimba and Scrimba has been a huge help to me in my career. Okay. It's helped. Have you heard of Scrimba before? No, I don't think so. Okay, so Scrimba is basically a free platform, free yeah. and paid code to learn coding. And it has these interactive courses, interactive playgrounds, so while you're learning, you can, you can play with the code, you can learn about the code. Yeah, I and, see, I see. And that one makes it really special. And so I'm, I'm actually taking a course right now called Learn React for Free. Uh, it's by I think I have the link right here. Yeah, uh, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it lets you learn React, and I'm 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 only twelve lessons in right now. Yeah. And I th this course has been a wonderful resource for me to understand how React works and what can I do with React. Like, because when I because even now, I don't I I still don't get the full concept of React. I still prefer just you know normal vanilla based CSS, vanilla basic vanilla JavaScript. Yeah. But I think all there's so many frameworks out there that are making me feel like oh you know what it's much easier and much faster to focus on it like divjoy even though divjoy is expensive yeah. i don't i don't have di i don't have div i don't have a script so, div so a couple couple of thoughts are of um i i mean i i love where, your, your thought process i i'm glad that you've been resourceful and are have been able to find some some you know free uh or, or more affordable resources um, first off, if you reach out to some of these folks who have courses, I guarantee you, and, and just tell them like, Hey, I'm a 13 year old indie hacker. This is my GitHub profile, whatever. Like, I guarantee you that, that they'll give it to you for free. Um, yeah, or, or maybe, maybe not, not everyone, but, but you know, you're yeah. going to get a lot of people that respond because you're being genuine and you're, you're reaching out, you're being respectful. Uh, and I feel like, you know, that's, that's an option for you. So the, yeah. the second thing that I, I, I want to call out okay. is, Sorry. yeah, continue. yeah. yeah. Uh, so the second thing I want to call out is like, I wouldn't focus on monetizing uh, your, your projects um, for, for a while. Uh, yeah, that's my idea. I don't want to like, the problem is I, I don't, I don't want to make it so, I don't want to make, as I said, my own, my own experience, I don't like people products or basic products are sponsored. I've sponsored this time. I don't like when they're like mon heavily monetized. Right. And I think that's why I make make it look like it. I see so many blogs that are they're my mentor. They're amazing blogs. But yet the problem is to access for the content you want, you do pay like expensive amounts. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons I started making rocket was that I wanted to give the content people need to build products. If they want to learn how to excel their landing page or sponsor the podcast, like my Favorite post is with this guy named Alex Ad, Alex Edmonds, okay. and basically his story is about that he went from so when he was sixteen he started from doing a Statue of Liberty cost into indie hacker, yeah, and yeah. his story is that he built open podcasts like community for podcasters, and 
I feel like that would make my blog different than other others. I want to focus. I, I don't. I don't want. I don't like focusing on one at a time, one thing. Like yeah. I feel like most business blogs are focused. Oh, this is how to make money. You can do this. Ten tips to excel your monetization. But I. 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 I don't like like that. I, I don't think people enjoy that type of content. So, so yeah, my my advice would be, uh, you know, focus on on doing everything out in the open, learning in public, uh, reaching out to people, you know, that are a little more senior than yourself, like we're doing right now, and uh, don't don't worry about monetization; that'll come later. Uh, so so you know, I'll, I'll share with you like um, when I was when I was around your age, this is what indie hacking looked like, uh, you know, back in the early two thousands. So this is. Uh, you know, a, a TI Texas Instruments TI 89 uh, calculator game that this is how I got into programming back in the day, you know, and all, all of this was was open source and you'd release it on on tycalc.org and, and people could download it and play it. Um, and there was a community around these types of games uh, that was really welcoming and and you know, uh, just just really helped me advance uh, my my learning and understanding of things. And, um, you know, I think it's it's interesting because because this is like what indie hackers was or, or open source was back in the early two thousands before GitHub yeah. existed before indie hackers existed. And, what was the name of that open source platform you just mentioned? Uh, so are you you talking about the calculator thing or? Yeah, the calculator one. I don't want to have a have a, re have a reference for it. Yeah, I just I just pasted it to you in, in our chat. Oh, here. thank you yeah, so, so much. Yeah, it, this is one of the, one of the games that I released. Right, it's a kind of. Uh, it's a grayscale, so four colors um, hockey game, you know, that was built for the, the TI-89, the graphing calculator. Um, you this know, is amazing. I'm sorry, but this is amazing. If, I want to play this. If, 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 if there was like a web phone for it, I would pay for this. That's, uh, I feel like to, uh, before we continue, I'm sorry. Yeah. There's one thing that I hate about the old internet is like the design back then. Like, just viewing, viewing the designer the link you gave me. Design has gone so far in the last, like, cent not century, like, dec in the last two decades that it's astounding. Like, to, I feel, I, have, I did have, have you been, been, have you been alive for two decades, dude? <laughs> no, no, but that's not what I mean. No, what I mean is that the fact that I've seen so many old websites. Yeah. And I've seen the fact that. What I mean by two decades, I mean like the like the like the design, like design. I know, design. I know what you mean. You look at something like like a, a typical website from the early two thousands versus today, and it's 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 a huge difference, right? Um, I think that the tools to create these type of websites are are have matured a lot. The actual like HTML and CSS spec, what was possible to do in a cross browser. A uh, consistent way, you know, is is very different now than it was back then. Back then, to set like to do things like like centering, uh, or or you, you use fl floats all over the place. Like there's no such thing as flexbox or uh, a lot of the CSS effects that that we take for granted. So, yeah, and I think I think before we before we end this episode and this interview, I think a lot of retro. I think I think this retro is nice supposed to end on. I think. Retro design is is nice and design going far. I think one thing one website that I feel like I know the person for a while is taking retro the retro aspect of MySpace and created to like have you heard of spacing? What what is it? 
have you heard of space pay? Mm, don't think I have. Okay, I'll send you a link. It's by someone I know. His name is Anna Maker. And this has, he replicated the entire design of <laughs> MySpace. And yeah, you, there's, yeah, there's 75,000 people on this site. Yeah. Like, I feel like, listen, and, I, and it's like he's, he created this thing as a fun weekend project. Sure, so sure. A couple months ago. And then he decided to, you know, he decided to make it a full a full on like small website and the fact that it's grown there's a demand for retro websites and yeah it's 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 really cool and one thing that i would i would also point out is like if you were going to go and build space hey today versus going and building myspace in the year 2000 or whatever whenever it was founded like it's it's fundamentally just orders of magnitude easier today to get started with with that type of project because uh, you know, back in the day, you would have had to set up your own servers. You would have had to set up your own uh, hosting and operating system and 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 uh, web server, and literally understand every aspect of the stack from front end all the way down to the hardware. And and nowadays, you know, you can you can take templates and just clone it and deploy it in like minutes, right? And and yeah. have it auto scale, you know, infinite, oh, practically infinitely. Uh, it's, it's like when UI, tailwind, CSS, I think that makes it much more easier now. Like anyone can make a small website with just templates and pieces. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. another, another example, uh, to your, your retro point is like Craigslist, right? I mean, Craigslist hasn't changed their design since, you know, they, they initially launched back. Uh, I don't, I don't even know when, uh, 20 years ago, at least, uh, well, I have not been on Craigslist for a long time. Wow. It's. That's it's the design is like you know that early 80s 90s doll design and but it's, it's yeah it's it's super functional it's to the point it's searchable and usable and that's it like they they, they don't need to get any any uh, fancier yeah and the people and there are people with like they're actually putting listings on there like Craigslist on plus I and understood this KGG KGG that's yep. like that 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 doesn't have a really nice design and like. A pretty competitor that piece, and some people just don't really, you know, like the fact. Ah, and it, the KG is owned by eBay. That's funny. And if I'm sorry, and so, yeah, I feel like I just found out that KG is owned by eBay. Oh, anyways, uh, I'm sorry. And I feel like there, there, there's a demand for record design and new design. Some people, some people who've been internet for a long time, you, they, per, they would prefer retro, and then people being now would can consider retro to be horrible like me i don't find i don't find retro all nice all the time and i recently a couple of months ago i talked to this guy named ryle and it's a, if you can if people are listening it's a, i'll link the article in later words it's called on my blog i'm in a proper blog on the podcast it's called how design ruins your makes your product better and we talked about how design is important and how landing pages can help you build a product Yep. So what he said was this, that landing pages are actually important because they have, they show people like, what is your product about? And I think that's it for so people or they won't check out your, check your product. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a, a very important part of building uh, successful products. You have to understand how to talk to your customers. You have to understand, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of tactics. Uh, so I, I, I like this distinction um, of, of strategy versus tactics. There are, it, when you talk about kind of landing page design and optimization, there are a lot of tactics to be aware of. 
but the thing that matters the most uh, for for you know someone who's who's kind of up and coming and and learning like yourself is there's going to always be uh, you know thousands of, of of tactics and details around things that you can do or, or or you know hey if you word it this way you'll you'll get more conversions like sure you you can you can have a, a bag of those and, and keep them in your in your back pocket but what's way more important is the the underlying strategy and making sure that you're building things that people want uh you know starting from from your audience talking to your 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 target audience uh as opposed to just building in a bubble or or making assumptions about what people want so you know that's that's just something because these days there's so much content out there about you know any any topic related to building entrepreneurship any any hackers and one thing that I, I try to, to look for is uh, resources that that focus a little bit more on like the the underlying um, uh, strategy uh, as opposed to the top level you know uh, hacks and tactics and and and, and uh, details because those details will change over time and, and don't matter nearly as much as as you know really having a good intu intuitive feeling and and uh, embodying the the uh, the larger points. Yeah, and I think we're, we're almost at a limiter of meeting, sadly. I will love to chat more, but in sad, the meeting is almost at a limit. I yeah, we're so, almost so. at the one hour, one hour recording. Yeah. So I wanted to say thanks for being on the show. And it's going to be fun to publish this to Anchor and also write this interview. It's going to take a lot of time to write a written portion of it. Well, uh, Arav, I, I gotta say, it's definitely a pleasure to meet you. Uh, you got you got big things ahead of you, and if there's anything that I can do to to kind of help you out or give feedback along the way, feel free to to ping me. And uh, looking looking forward to seeing what you build, man. Yep, you as well. Have a wonderful week, I guess, and and have happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> All right, bye, Arav. Bye. And that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening to the episode of the Rocket Cast. Next week, we're going to be doing Sergey Matai, the founder of Get Me Clock, and I can't wait for the interview. But in the, yeah, in the meantime, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And let me know what you want to see next. Make sure to check out Travis Fisher on Twitter. And yeah, let's have a wonderful day, and I'll see you next week.